Good morning. Peace be with you. We're going to get right to it here. We have some announcements, and of course, I left them out of my bulletin. Um, but from memory, uh, we have thank you very much. I went and highlighted them and everything. Thanks, Susan. Adult education this morning, we are continuing uh, on the, the path to Rome in Paul's letter. Uh, we're having a lot of fun, and I'd love to see uh, even more people there. So please do uh, stay after if you can, and um, enjoy the company and the discussion as we uh, read, wrestle, discuss, laugh a little bit uh, with uh, God's Word as we do this study. Also, um, the men's group meets every Saturday morning, and... Uh, Boy, I tell you, there's, I see a lot of guys in here that aren't there on Saturday mornings. <coughs> so we're going to your house. You're invited. <laughs> we'll be there at 8 o'clock. Good one, Ed. Um, but please come because uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a great time of fellowship. Uh, and um, I promise you don't have to hold hands. We don't sing songs, uh, anything like that. It's, it's quite manly the entire time. And, uh, right, Ken? <laughs> yeah. We use words like, yeah, you know, whack them. Yeah, because that's how we're studying. That's, that's pretty much our synopsis of uh, David in the Psalms. He's like, hey, Lord, why don't you just whack them? You know? So uh, it is a little deeper than that, but we, we, we laugh at ourselves. And, um, and, and we love it. D comes, and, and uh, we tease him a little bit because he got the psalm with every uh, second line was, his love endures forever. And it goes on about 35 times. And after a while, it was, his love endures forever. <laughs> and, and it does, doesn't it, D? It does. So it's a lot of fun, and I wish you would come. Also, we have a night of music coming on September 30th, and this is going to be a really neat shoe. And I uh, would love for you to come and enjoy uh, the sound of music. Not the play in The Hills Are Alive, but the sounds of music that, that is uh, being put together right now for your benefit and our benefit and rejoicing uh, and praising God. So, right, Liz? Amen. And um, there, is a, there is a suggested uh, donation for it, and um, so please come. Please come. Also... Uh, cooling station. I noticed a little bit of this. It's a little cooler in here than normally, and we are kind of mercifully cooling down. But during the week, we invite you to come, call the office first, make sure somebody's here, but to come and, and, and cool off. This Wednesday is a wonderful uh, opportunity because it's lunch with Pastor Ken, and I hear Pastor Ken's an okay guy, and you can come and bring a lunch and, and, and chew the fat with him. So that happens at 1130 this Wednesday, and then cooling also Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. All right, and uh, council meeting on September 8th at 9.30. Ooh, bottom line, <clears throat> enchiladas and homemade salsa. Does anyone like that? Okay, so they're taking orders, and it is out in the narthex. Um, this is from Teresa at Victory Outreach, and all the proceeds go to ministries that they support. So there are chicken and cheese enchiladas and salsa, and I think that probably does it, so I'm going to give that back to you. And our opening uh, hymn is Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty on page 165. Let's rise and sing as unto the Lord.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God, our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his Son to die for you and for his sake. He forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. 
Thee is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength be to honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb of God, singing with all the people of God, and join in the feast of all creation, blessing and honor and glory and might be to victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Oh God, the source of all that is good and just. Nourish in us every virtue and bring to completion every good intent that we may grow in grace and bring forth the fruit of good works. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading this morning is taken from Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 1 through 9, and it can be found in the Pew Bible on page 279. This is where Moses addresses the Israelites as after they've left the desert and they're going into the promised land. Deuteronomy chapter four, beginning with the first verse. Now Israel, hear the decrees and laws I am about to teach you. Follow them so that you may live and may go in and take possession of the land the Lord, the God of your ancestors is giving you. Do not add to what I command you and do not subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord your God that I give you. You saw with your own eyes what the Lord did at Baal Peor. The Lord your God destroyed from among you everyone who followed the Baal of Peor, but all of you who held fast to the Lord your God are still alive today. See, I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of it. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations who will hear about all these decrees and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him. 
And what other nation is so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws as the body of laws I am setting before you today? Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. We'll read Psalm 119, verses 129 through 136 responsively. You can find that printed in the bulletin. Psalm 119, beginning with the 129th verse. Your statutes are, wonder- your statutes are wonderful, therefore I obey them. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant, longing for your commands. Turn to me and have mercy on me, as you always do to those who love your name. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. Redeem me from human oppression, that I may obey your precepts. Make your face shine on your servant and teach me your decrees. Tears flow from my eyes, for your law is not obeyed. The epistle is from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. It can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1824. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with the 10th verse. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray to the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
gospel reading this morning is from St. Mark, chapter 7, verses 14 through 23, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1564. Glory to you. Mark 7, verses 14 through 23. Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen to me, everyone. And understand this, nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. And after he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. And are you so dull, he asked. Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into the heart, but into the stomach, and then out of the body. Now in saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. He went on, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is, with, it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? I'm having a moment here. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our thoughts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. A long time ago I said to you that um, the lectionary series that we have, we follow a, a three-year series. And, and it, it's important because it protects you, the congregation, from me, the pastor, telling you what I think you need to hear. Okay? Now... Um, if I was a good pastor, I would stick to that today, but I'm not going to, and so I am not. However, <laughs> we need to talk. And for those of you just visiting for the first time today, I apologize, this doesn't happen every Sunday. But I wanted to chat with you about something that came up this week. And last week we had an epistle. And um, if you remember, it was Ephesians 5, 22 to 33. Anyone remember what that one is? It's, uh, wives, submit to your husbands to your own, or excuse me, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands and as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands. 
I thought there was obey in there because that was what was uh, brought up, right? And, 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 and the crux was um, maybe some people are offended by the thought that um, Paul is saying, wives, obey your husbands. Oh, run, Forrest, run. Okay, well, I, and I actually shared something because my wife, Tracy, of 25 years, was not about to say obey in our uh, vows, but her Uncle Sonny and my Uncle Ken, both pastors, um, convinced her otherwise, and she did, and I made a joke about that. But the fact of the matter is, is that Paul finishes this epistle, and he says, um, but I am talking about Christ and the church. He's not giving marriage advice to two heathens married to each other. And if he is, he's not just giving advice to the women. Because the very profound part of that is men. Love your wives like Christ loved the church. And how much did he love the church, gentlemen? A lot? How much? What did he do for the church? He died. A painful death. And yet the church and the people, that the bride, Christ's bride. Oh, there's another part of that. Christ's bride is a rebellious bride. A bride that cheats. An adulterous bride. And yet he still pursues her. Now in marriage, when we take a man and a woman comes together in marriage, the marriage is, you know, the first time I heard marriage was, uh, well, of course, a little boy as, as holy matrimony. But then as you go along into school and you actually get into the thing called auto shop and you get, they let you, you know, weld, you marry materials together, don't you? You melt them and they blend and they become better or stronger together. They cleave. So if a man and a woman come together, then wouldn't it make sense that they are obedient to each other? Right, so maybe there is a little bit of advice in there, but that is not the point. So my problem is, or not, I don't have a problem, I got lots of problems, but not with you. My, my issue is this, is that I want to make sure that nobody, if you were offended on this whole man above woman kind of thing, and if it did harken back to where the days of men centered, you know, authority over, lording over, uh, that's not what Paul's point was. And even more than that, Jesus didn't teach that. And you'll remember that Mary and Martha, where, were, where, was, uh, where was Mary sitting when Jesus was teaching? At his feet, right? Was that a place commonly that women in that culture, the Jewish culture, in any of that culture at that time would be sitting? No, it wasn't at all. In fact, the women were outside. There were boundaries everywhere. They had, the women, I think, were a little bit closer than the Gentiles in the synagogue, if you take a look at the schematics on it. But there were barriers blocking off, and so it was a man's world, but not when Jesus came and not what he taught. And certainly, you know, Paul made a few suggestions there, and, and we'll go into that another time. But my point is this. It is in our nature, in our fleshly nature, to take offense at things that we shouldn't take offense to. And 
and it is in our nature, in our fleshly nature, to sin. And when we take a look at things at a, in a way that, that my favorite theologian, Gerhard Ferdy, said, when we take a look at things from a theology of glory, there's two theologians he talked about. One is a theologian of the cross, and the other is a theologian of glory. The theologian of glory says, the cross is an ends to a mean, or a means to an end. How about that? I can't even say it right. A mean to the end, right? And it helps me to get to glory. But while I'm going to glory, and for those of you at home, I'm making really spastic-looking movements across the uh, nave here, but uh, that's wrong, Because a theologian of glory says that I need to come to church and I need the pastor to make me feel good about myself and encourage me. And I need a pastor to to focus me into ministry that will give glory. It's a a means to an end. but, but, But between the time that a theologian of glory will say, I chose Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior... No, you didn't. Thank you, Joel. You're going, no, you didn't. He chose you before you were ever born. A theologian of glory says there's something I must do. It's Jesus plus me. A theologian of the cross, however, says the cross and Jesus hanging on it is the end. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Jesus Christ hung on there. The first thing he did was ask the Father to forgive those that they did not know what they do. And at the very finish, he said, it is finished. The end. A theologian of the cross says and knows that I, myself, me, myself, and I, I'm addicted to sin. And so are you. I need to point that out. You know, one of the old pastors, never point at people and say, you're, you know, this. But I'm doing it. At me first. There's three fingers pointing back at me. Left at my own, I will sin. That is just my nature and yours too. However, when Christ said it was finished... It was finished. So a theologian of the cross looks at it as, okay, I'm dead with Christ. My sins were hung on that cross with Christ. It is an end. And the end is good because I was resurrected a new person like Christ. And I need to remember that and remember my baptism every single day. Because just like that joke that I make, it's like, Lord, I haven't sinned, and I've been real good, but I'm about to get out of bed. Right? You can't help but sin. I can't help but sin. I am no different than you, a sinner, a miserable sinner in need of a Savior. Amen? So, I'm offended by the Bible because it says women obey your husbands. That's sin. 
another part that I want to talk about. I was asked if um, I was a literal reader of the Bible. And I knew what it meant, but I kind of didn't know what it meant. And so I said, I think I am a literal reader of the Bible. Because I take Christ at his word when he said, this is my body given for you. I take him at his word that this is my blood shed for you. I literally believe the Bible is true in the unerrant word of God. I literally believe that the Bible is true and needs to be believed because it says that Christ resurrected and it says that he came and walked amongst people. Not just a few, hundreds, hundreds. And so my question would be, because I, and some of you may be thinking, well, there's some parts that are a little, okay. Will you share with me those parts someday? Can we come together, and if there's enough of us, can we come together and have a class and go through the Bible and discuss what parts are not literal and what parts are? Because I, I sense that it is either all true or not. I sense that we are to take it at, at his word as it's written or it's not. If God raised his son, Jesus Christ, from the dead, then he wouldn't have any problem putting together a little book using men. If God created the universe by speaking it into existence, then he wouldn't have a trouble with a little book, with a little book, whether man got involved in it or not. Okay, so let's talk about, um, let's get back to the lectionary, Pastor Ken, because we, we need to get moving, and I, and I agree. Jesus is pointing out that um, it's not what's outside a man that is um, filthy or unclean. It's what's inside of a man that comes out. And he goes through that list, and I read through it really fast on purpose. But it just shows the depravity of where you and I are and that we're breaking the Ten Commandments. We're not keeping the Ten Commandments. And that without Christ, the very best that we could do, and the Pharisees at the time could do, was to pay lip service. They honor me with their lips. It's what's inside that causes the problem. And that's what the whole point of being a theologian of the cross is, is the recognizing that I am walking dead in the flesh. That, that, that I am a sinner and will be until the day that I take my last breath or my life goes out with a sigh. And that's what happens. I've witnessed it. We go out with a sigh. So much for dramatic ends. Out with a sigh. He did it all. For you. His bride. His love. 
he did it for you in spite of the sin that you have committed and the sin that you will omit and commit and that I will too. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for loving me so much when I was rebellious, when I was adulterous against you, Father, when I was no different than the Egyptians that manna, manna, manna. They were disobedient to Moses. You're not the boss of me. You might have gotten us out of Egypt, but this is a new era. This is a new time. That whole you're the leader stuff, we all been kind of grumbling about it, and we don't think it should be anymore. So on the inside, we are warring against this pride. Rather than just accepting, and as I've said before, remember this, we preach and proclaim Christ and him crucified, period. What parts of the Bible should be taken literal? Christ and him crucified, period. Every jot and tittle in the Bible points to Christ and him crucified, period. Period. Even the last part points to Christ and him crucified and him coming back, period. I got a feeling I'm not making you feel very good because I'm seeing some faces out here that some are going, hmm, hmm. Yeah. Well, here's the good, 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 good news. And that is today, we're going to come up together and hold hands at, at the table. You've been invited to the feast. And Christ promises to be at that table with you, in and on, above and below those elements. You get a taste of Christ that comes over your lips and it washes you clean. True body, true blood, that's what he said. He is in those things. It imparts his grace unto a sinner like me and like you. It matters and it means everything. And it is literally life-giving. Or at least that's what the Bible says. The audacity of obedience. That's something that someday I'm going to write about that. Like it's audacious to, to be in obedience. I mean, look at the streets. Look at people. You're not the boss of me or, you know, all of the people that just, you can't tell me what to do. No. That's just in our nature, our sinful nature. And I'm here to tell you, he loves you anyway. And he's bringing you back to him each and every time you take that communion. He's brought you back you are baptized. You are clothed in Christ in your baptism. So what do you want to be when you grow up? Happy? What do you want to be when you grow up? Well, you're all grown up, and he adopted you, and he clothed you, and you are his, so you should be happy. All right, amen? In the name of Jesus.
Let us confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page 3. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us now pray for the whole church in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord God, you know the great evils that lurk in our hearts by nature, defiling us from within. Pour out your Holy Spirit on all of your baptized people that he may constantly cleanse our hearts by faith. Lord, in your mercy, remember, kind Father, in your infinite mercy, all whom you have called to preach your word. Keep them from adding to it or taking away from it, but give them grace to proclaim among us your whole counsel in Christ Jesus. Father, ever rise up new workers for your harvest fields and prosper the teaching and the preaching of your law and promises throughout the world. Lord, in your mercy, look in compassion on all who bear public office in our land. Give them wisdom, courage, and integrity. Destroy and hinder in our common life all that is not pleasing to you. And prosper with your blessing all that accords with your will. Lord, in your mercy, on this Labor Day weekend, we praise you especially for your gift of work in our many callings. Free us from thinking of that gift as drudgery. Help us to welcome labor with joy as an opportunity to be a blessing to our neighbors. Remember especially all who desire work but can find no gainful employment as well as those no longer able to work as they might like to. Lord, in your mercy, wise and holy God, You instruct your people not to forget your great works and diligently make them known to their children. Prosper the instruction of young people in the faith throughout your church that they may grow to lead lives of faith and courage and remain faithful to Christ all their days. 
Lord, in your mercy. We place into your hands today your servants who are passing through difficult times, especially those that we may have on our hearts or mention aloud at this time. Lord, make them strong in you and in strength of your might. Arm them with the full armor of God that they may be able to withstand on the evil day and having done all to stand firm, waiting with confidence for your deliverance. Lord, in your mercy. Holy Father, we know that since nothing outside us going in can defile us, Even more we know that there is something coming from outside and going in that makes us clean. The very body and blood of your beloved son. Give us faith to welcome him with joy as he comes to us in this Eucharist. Forgiving, cleansing, and restoring us. Lord, in your mercy. And lastly, Lord God. We offer you our thanks and praise for your servants who finished their course in faith and now rest from their labors. We're thinking of Arwen right now, Father. Bring us with them the utterable joys of your new heavens and new earth at the day of our Savior's glorious glorious appearing. Lord, in your mercy. So, Father, into your hands, O Lord, we commend for all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Um, This morning I had an opportunity to talk to Daryl, and um, where did you go? Oh, there he is. And uh, you really touched me, and I started crying in my office, and then I, you know, came over here, and, and I promised you that you could, you know, come and talk, and I didn't let you do that. And just then in, my, in the prayer, um, uh, Daryl, would you please come up and, and, and tell us a little bit about your dad and, and what's going on right now? I know that, um, you know, uh, in, in the traditions of our fathers and our elders that this is not the time, <laughs> but I'm going to give you the microphone. Well, we just wanted to thank everybody here uh, and, and around on behalf of my wife, Louie, and uh, my brothers and my sister uh, for all the thoughts and cards and, and, and emails and everything that have been coming in. Um, my father is uh, passed away very peacefully last Sunday evening. Uh, I was able to see him uh, at the hospital after he had passed, but before they took him away. So it was very nice. He was very peaceful. Um, He's going to be uh, cremated, and his ashes and my mom's ashes are going to be taken to Montana later this, maybe next spring or summer sometime, and we'll probably have services up there uh, for that. So uh, like I said, we just wanted to thank everybody, and if you feel you want to do something, uh, his favorite place in the whole world here lately has been Care Connection, 
and this church. So we're asking that, uh, you know, you make a donation to one or the other. It's all tax deductible, which is good, and he appreciates that. <laughs> Always did. <laughs> so, uh, and that's all. I just wanted to thank everybody for everything that they've done. And, uh, and uh, that's about it. Thanks. Thank you. Well, that's pretty rotten of me to bring them all the way up here, but um, Arwen was, was a treat, and um, he was a blessing. And, and when I talked to Daryl this morning, I said, I know that he didn't raise me, and it's different when, you know, <laughs> you're the child of someone being raised. But, boy, what a way to finish, and, boy, what a witness that your family showed all of us about taking care of our beloved as they age gracefully. And... Um, I just thank you for that witness, and I thank you for who you are and who he, he is and lives through you. So now is the time I say, may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Will you please stand? Please pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of heaven and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his triumphant, glorious coming again. Let us now pray the prayer together that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The table's ready. Jesus promised he's here, and he's here. Jesus is going to give us something from the outside that is actually going to make us clean and new again. That's exciting. And I'm looking forward to seeing you up at the table. So you may be seated, and the ushers will bring you forward.
Will you please stand? Kind of a hard lesson today. I owe it to you to tell the truth. And not the truth as I see it, but the truth as the Bible states it. And I also invite you always, too, to, as Bible-believing Christians, to um, come to me, to speak with me, to write to me. If there's something you don't understand, I welcome your letters. I welcome your visits. It's that important that, that we get it right, that I get it right, that you get it right. So uh, with that, receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our closing hymn is Great is Thy Faithfulness.